Greetings, fellow citizens of Disneyland. I'm going to also assume that you're a fellow citizen of Disney+. And on today's episode, Philander and I are going to look at various projects. Well, not exactly various projects. 11 Star Wars projects that have been announced over on Disney+. We're going to do one of our famous ranking systems where we've each taken all 11 projects, ranked them independently of each other, and then share where we have various projects on our list of 11. Don't like Star Wars, you say? Too bad! You can't make everybody happy in 2020, and I've stopped trying. But if you must hear some Disneyland talk, don't worry. Head over to YouTube, Adventures in Design. I've been putting up daily videos Monday through Friday covering everything that's happening out of the Disneyland Resort. But wrapping up the end of our year with our second to last episode, I thought it'd be fun to look at Disney Plus, all these various different Star Wars projects that are coming up, because after all, things that are happening over on Disney Plus will have a way of working their way out to us at the park through merchandise offerings, maybe overlays of different attractions. Like what happens in Disney Plus is going to be a pipeline of content that will find its way to the Disneyland Resort in one shape or another. What do you say we get started with a fun conversation with your good friend, Philander Butler? And oh yeah, I'm here too. I know when Philander shows up, nobody cares about old man Bricky, but I'm going to try to win you over anyways. It's Disneyland for Designers episode, I don't know, 40-something. Hey friends, real quick before we get started with today's episode, could you do me a favor and tell all of your Disney friends about all the fun you're having both with Disneyland for Designers or watching the channel over at Adventures in Design on YouTube? I'm having so much fun making all this Disney content, but I need your help to help me grow it to an audience where it can sustain itself and I can justify in the new year to keep pumping out all this weekly and daily Disney content. If you could just do me a favor and share it with a friend, it's absolutely free for you and it would mean so much to me. Thank you for the Christmas gift. But Bricky, I don't celebrate Christmas. I'm a Hanukkah guy. All right, well then you can tell eight of your friends. Happy Hanukkah. Welcome back to Disneyland for Designers. How are you? I'm uh, I'm hanging in there. I'm doing well. Highs and lows, of course, as 2020 goes. What? <laughs> it's all highs, baby. It's all highs. <laughs> you know what? You're right. Look at it that way. It's all highs. I mean, you've been busy work. Oh, yeah. uh, not for a while. <laughs> not for a while. Not for a while. Well, let me tell you something, Philander. I just came directly over from downtown Disney. All right. I just bought a lightsaber, Ooh. and I am feeling high on <laughs> commerce in Disney magic. Now, unfortunately, the Kylo Ren saber I purchased is not for me. It's a Christmas gift. Okay. But getting the whole experience and talking to the cast member and, and holding good. it, and I go, I, he, you know, he put it in my hand, and then I go, may I please see Lord Vader's? <laughs> now, I knew to appropriately call him Lord Vader. That's right. And I knew I wasn't going to buy the Lord Vader one because my nephew loves Kylo Ren. But I just wanted the whole yeah, Lord Vader's. And while I had my, my number, I thought I would pick it. So here's what we're doing today. Flarner and I are Disney Plus subscribers. Yes. You get a discount. No. They, <laughs> they did not. And I think it was because they offered the that three-year thing. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. signed up for that Founder Circle thing. Potentially after that's done, I could see them maybe doing that. But Well, no. maybe if it's a success. Yeah. 
because you know they their their numbers are only five years ahead of schedule. <laughs> what a way to pivot, right? I, a huge, and I just saw a thing that they expect them in two to three years to catch up to Netflix. Oh my lord! <laughs> Which like, is crazy yeah. because Netflix is distribu- distributing lots of content from all around the globe. Mm-hmm. A lot of Canadian and European content finds its way on there. A lot of small movies find their way on there. But Disney is literally just pumping it with their own content. Yep. And now we see they can read the writing on the wall. The movie theater industry is in peril. Mm-hmm. So they're going to double down on their streaming service and just say, hey, we now have a straight-to-consumer distribution model, which has kind of always been the dream for the studio. Mm-hmm. So when you're the studio and you own the pipeline, ta-da, middle, here man. we are. <laughs> here we put are. It right, put it right in the front of our eyes. So here's what we're going to do today. Flander and I each have all 11 newly announced Star Wars projects Ooh. on a list. Now, today what we're going to do, next week we'll do this differently, but today I'm going to give you my bottom and you tell me where that's at on your list. Okay. And then we'll do it the other way next week when Philander and I review all of the Disney Park projects that are currently active. When we kind of look back on the year, like this is what Disney's been working on. An exciting but, future. It, well, I, <laughs> can't be, can't can't be, be much, much worse, worse than the present. All right, let's start here. So my number 11 is Star Wars Visions. Star Wars Visions is presenting all new creative takes on the galaxy far, far away. Star Wars, of course. Visions will be a series of animated short films celebrating Star Wars through the lens of the world's best anime creators. The anthology collection will bring 10 fantastic visions from several of the leading Japanese anime studios, offering a fresh and diverse cultural perspective to Star Wars. Now, I'll tell you why I have it at 11. Okay. Because when I hear anthology... And I hear a lot of different creators. This is just going to be like chicken nuggets, right? Mm-hmm. This is like a 10-pack of nuggets. Yeah. And each one of these nuggets could be delicious, but what I love about Star Wars is getting lost in that multiverse, right? Yes. Getting lost in how everything is tethered and connected together. I love the idea that watching one movie is somehow related to everything before and after it in this bizarro timeline. Mm-hmm. And I also like... That when it exists in that realm, then it feels real at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Yes. Because one of the things I'm curious about all of these projects we'll talk about today is how they trickle down into the synergy, which is we now have content. We have a pipeline straight to consumer. Mm-hmm. If the consumer falls in love with it, how do we give them more of that IRL and park experiences? So to me, it's a whole circle, and I'm on the far end of the circle because I'm a parks guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So when I see Star Wars Visions, I say, I'm sure two of these will be phenomenal. Yeah. I'm sure a couple will be like, what did mm-hmm. I just watch? But this kind of least excites me. Where is Star Wars Visions at on your list? So I put that on the lower end, too, similar to you. So that was at my number nine. Mm. Um, because I kind of had the same feeling you did. And this is like a thing I think I'll watch one one time and I may not go back to it again. Sure. Like a quick little, like you said, chicken nugget. I eat it one time. It's great. Um it's hard to put a little extra bit of the chicken yeah. back in the refrigerator <laughs> and be like, no, nah, is that half a nugget still in there? Because I couldn't finish it earlier. It was too much, yeah. Like, I, like I'm like i someone that would definitely go back and watch, like, rewatch Mandalorian. You know, oh, like, yeah. Yeah, you'd, yeah. You'd, you'd sit back and immerse yourself in that again. These these shorts, I will be interested in the first go around, and I, do, I, tech, I probably would not go back and sit and watch them again. It also, to me, feels like this is a way to get some quick content going. Mm-hmm. Something quick to put over there. And, you know, we'll give, you know, a handful of creative folks a turn at bat. And if mm-hmm. something really, really is magical, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll mature it into something else. Uh, number 10 for me is a droid story. Oh, by the way, I want to say this about Star Wars Visions. Mm-hmm. Going back to 11. Mm-hmm. If they have to put Star Wars in front of the name, you're already in a bad spot. <laughs> okay, number 10. A droid story. As Lucasfilm continues to develop new stories, the intersection of animation and visual effects offers new opportunities to explore. Lucasfilm Animation will be teaming up with Lucasfilm's visual effects, a lot of Lucasfilms there, Industrial Light and Magic, to develop a Star Wars adventure for Disney+. Plus. A droid story, this epic journey will introduce us to a new hero guided by the legendary duo of R2-D2 and C-3PO. I have this at 10 because it just sounds lazy. Yeah. 
Uh, it doesn't sound very imaginative. It's mm-hmm. just a droid story. There's a new hero. Like, this is one that I wouldn't hold my breath that it actually makes its way over to the platform. Yeah. Because it just kind of sounds like, oh, we could do something in the droid world. I like R2-D2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like tangible r2d2 better than like fly around rocket booster <laughs> the prequels. rockets he never used again yeah <laughs> oh remember when he banged his head and then he forgot that he had the rocket boosters uh c3po is a bit of jerk yeah um not my favorite <laughs> your favorite and when i see him at galaxy's edge i start to just like sweat and get claustrophobic mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know spoilers but i mean it, it puts me in a, in a panic so i just think watching just all droids I don't know, man. That's going to be a hard one to keep my attention, to get me pumped. Like, I cannot mm. wait. Every Thursday night, I'm like, oh, tomorrow morning, I'm going to wake up to Mandalorian. <laughs> Christmas morning on Friday? Oh, every Friday for eight Fridays. It's Christmas. Yeah, Droid Story for me was my 11. Yeah, so it was. we're pretty much in line right now with that, where I love 3PO, or C-3PO and R2, but I love them as like adjacent to the main story yes like, i don't think they need their own thing like they are great because they're helping out with the main mission or they're interacting with the main characters so while i will definitely give it my time if it d- arrives on disney plus it was probably the least thing i was like uh you know i, I don't i don't need that i will i will take any star wars but if they released all, all of this stuff at once that would be the last one i would watch uh, and to the bobs mm-hmm. i agree and shape it uh i'm watching all this stuff yeah but just some things are more if to the bobs. I'm watching all this stuff. If you make it, if see, I just it. challenged you. I just challenged if you. Them. Make it. I'll be I just there. challenged them. <laughs> yeah, the greatest thing about R2D2 and C3PO is how they flesh out the story for like yes. a non-vocal character like Chewbacca, mm-hmm. or how they help Luke figure out where he's at, or you know. Uh, Leia and R2's relationship is just one that really touches the heart. Mm-hmm. So that's where they work together best. BB-8 visually is a cool droid, but mm-hmm. I don't have an emotional attachment yeah. for BB. And then the little unicycle speaker face. <laughs> oh, deal. <laughs> uh, zero. I didn't even take the time to learn his name. And to me, Dio is Ronnie James Dio. Uh, that's, that's where I Dio. Okay, number nine. And number nine is a little, one that I'm a little bit conflicted on. Mm-hmm. Number nine is an untitled Takaki. No, Taika. Taika. <laughs> Watati. How do you Taika, say Taika Watiti. Taika, oh, yeah. So close, Philander. So close. Right there. Uh, it's a brand new Star Wars feature. So it's going to be a, a feature. So a, a movie? Is that what a feature would mean mm-hmm, that it's a movie? Be, yeah, feature okay. film. So definitely a movie. He's done Thor, Ragnarok, and Thor, Love and Thunder that's coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Two great movies. Mm-hmm. I really love how the Marvel Cinematic Universe can skew almost bizarro comedy. Yeah, and that's, it, that's really what it was. It doesn't ruin the adventure at all. Mm-hmm. And their take on Thor is just so refreshing. Mm-hmm. Like where it's gone and how it's like he's never, he's a straight man mm-hmm. that's always cutting the jokes. Yeah. And P.S., Chubby Thor is my favorite Thor. <laughs> yes. The like the like dad bod Thor. When he's just playing Call of Duty and like that troll's on, let me get at him. Let me get on him. And the troll has no idea that it's, <laughs> that it's the Thor god of thunder. thunder that's yelling at him. Okay, so he's got a couple of good movies. He also did the voice of IG eleven in mm-hmm. Mandalorian season one. Uh, and going way back, he directed some of the Flight of the Concords over on HBO, which is a phenomenal two season series. Uh the uh, what do they say? New Zealand's number one best comedy rock group or whatever oh, yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. But Flight of the Concords, done on a budget, really told a good story and was really, really funny. So it says that his approach to Star Wars will be fresh, unexpected, and unique. So it's a great body of work. Yes. But where I don't get pumped up on this mm-hmm. is, remember when they were going to give the Lord of the Rings guys uh, oh, a trequel? That's right. And remember when they were going to give... Uh, um, the guy who did the second newest movie. Oh, Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember when they were going to give him movies? Yeah. A, 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 a trilogy. So, therefore, it's a great resume. Um, he's a really, really talented guy. I've loved a lot of his projects, mm-hmm. but I've gotten passionate about something before. Yes. And it hasn't matured because all those projects just don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this is like a hey, 
I'll believe it when I see it. Did you hear that, Bob's? <laughs> the challenge. I'm, challenge. Ch- I'm just trying to bully them into doing this. <laughs> so I put I had the one higher, but now thinking about it, I probably would have put Laura because my mind didn't even think about the past project stuff you mentioned. Yeah. So that I had it on number four based off of me being excited for him to make a Star oh, Wars film. For, if it if, if it's it real, happens, <laughs> if it's if you. It's real. If they gave me a list of actors and like yes. a, a vague story, a date, this is you're like, crazy high on my list. Mm-hmm. And I have another one that's really low mm-hmm. because it's suspicious. But uh, okay. what you gave this number four? Yeah, number four based off. If this happens, I'm ready. Like if they because said, Philander, <laughs> you believe in magic. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> like if they said we're going, we're rolling cameras in March. Yeah, uh, this is the cast. Yeah, yeah. And this is a quick, like, brief plot synopsis. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like number one, two, three. But now thinking about it, I'm like, oh, is it going to happen? Because they announced his before they announced the other one we're going to talk about later. And and his is still behind that new one. So I was like, what's happening? Like, yeah. is he busy or is it, oh. So now I'm thinking like, oh. But I, I think what does bode well for him is doing now two, I'm assuming two successful Marvel films. Yes. He is under the umbrella. Mm-hmm. It's not like, yo, the guys from Game of Thrones are hot. Let's see what they can do with, you know, the Age of the Empire and let them go back and sort of tell our story of Castle Times. Uh, But he is under the fold. So I do feel like it's somewhat realistic, but I still feel like, fool me twice. (laughs) I'm the fool here. I'm going to jump on that again. Okay, number eight, I have Star Wars Bad Batch. Now, this one is Mm. definite. We have seen a trailer. Uh, It's animated. This one's a, a sure thing. Mm-hmm. The series follows the elite experimental clones of the Bad Batch, first introduced in the Clone Wars. In the immediate aftermath of the Clone War, members of the Bad Batch are a unique squad of clones who are who vary genetically from their brothers in the clone army. Each possesses a singular, exceptional skill, which makes them extraordinary, effective soldiers and a formidable crew. So this goes a little bit past the Clone Wars area. It's a animated series exclusively to Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. I don't like the animated stuff. Yeah. And it, it I tried to watch What was the first was Clone Wars the first one? Yeah, Star Wars the Clone Wars they made the very first that animated movie and I don't blame you I don't blame anyone for not watching any fur, p- further beyond that because that first movie is really not good. So I saw the movie in the theater mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, whatever." Uh it was like a baby job of the hut story. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. and then I started watching the one that was, I guess, on Disney XD or whatever was the distribution for yes. it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I watched a couple of episodes, and I, Mandalorian is like a lot of singular stories, mm-hmm. but with a longer story arc. Yeah. And they do, like, they give you, like, you know, 80% action of the week, 20% is like the longer storyline. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with that when it's scripted and real and tangible and feels like Star Wars. In the animated realm, it just didn't hold my attention. Not that I didn't like it. I just got like six episodes in. I'm like, eh, yeah. I'm done here. So I, Bad Batch is in that realm for me, and that's why I was able to put it at eight. But it would have been lower mm-hmm. if some of those... Well, the last project could have been higher if I knew that it was a real deal. Got it. So for me, I also have that at eight. Oh, mm-hmm. brother. <clears throat> so I have mine at eight as well. I put mine low only because now I've I've sat through all of the Clone Wars, that Clone Wars movie, Rebels, Resistance. Now Rebels is the one that people say is really good, right? Rebel, yeah, I think you would really appreciate the final four seasons of Clone Wars. Like the first two, they're still getting out of their way, but after they start roping in some of the 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 bigger story, I think you would enjoy that because I almost like hate having to tell people oh you gotta watch the whole thing because that's like oh you know it it doesn't pop at the beginning for people it's hard to have them commit for seven seasons worth but because it was more of the same and it's coming from the clone wars i gave it that lower tick because we've already kind of seen this a little bit um i appreciate that they're taking those characters uh based off of who they are specifically into that time period where the empire is coming around and what they what are they going to do and exist in this new time period. I like that, but because it's something that we have seen already, it didn't pop for me just as much. Like they were using that same animation style, which I do appreciate and I love. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited because I'm a Clone Wars fan, but because it wasn't something that was new, um, and they had already previously announced that it was coming, it just didn't sit that high for me. Like that, th- this was mentioned like months ago, and they showed us like a you know a couple of pictures. Like they didn't have that full reel of photo, that video that they showed for everybody so eight for me too 
when I watched Clone Wars, the problem was is I, I was watching it like I was watching comp art for a real movie. Mm, okay. So I would watch it and visually I would see what was happening and then in my mind's eye I would convert it over to like, but wouldn't this be cool if it was a movie? Yes. Because at that moment we were very far away from getting any new movies and it didn't mm-hmm. seem like that was even anything that was going to happen and I was so dissatisfied with the prequels that I would kind of watch it and kind of be like, oh, so like if they did this as a movie, how would that look and how would they build all Got this it. stuff? But now that we have real movies, maybe I could get into the animation. You should watch just the last season of Clone Wars, seven. Just seven. Mm-hmm. Just jump into seven. Yeah. I mean, yeah, seven or five through seven. I would a- say that. After Friday, <laughs> I'm going to be TV suicidal That's because so- Mandalorian, you know, all of a sudden football popped up mm-hmm. and they opened up a small portion of DCA. Uh-huh. And, and there was new Star Wars every Friday. There was like. Two weeks before December hit, where I'm like, life feels normal it's again. Back a little. <laughs> and then December started to take it all away. Uh, now we were down to like a street of DCA. Mm-hmm. You can't take <laughs> you can't take off your mask and sit down and have a beverage or a snack. Mm-hmm. And uh, after Friday, we're no more Mandalorian. We're done. We're done. Oh man, sitting through the credits. Those. <laughs> that comp art and the credits. Yes. And then it, when it builds, bum, 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 mm-hmm. All right, let's get to this. You had Bad Batch at eight as well. Uh-huh. Okay, now this one should be number one. Okay. If, if you can confirm that Donald Glover uh, is okay. going to be Lando. Mm-hmm. Because I love, love Atlanta over on FX. Yes. Atlanta and FX comes from the school of like the Louis C.K. sitcom that he had and then also um, there's another show on FX that follows that same one I'm having a hard time thinking of it right now Uh, but it's essentially you don't know what you're watching Mm -hmm. you don't know how it pertains to the next story sometimes they're 22 minutes long sometimes they're like 42 (laughs) minutes long but Atlanta is amazing and then you look at how he was able to portray Lando and Solo and I think Solo's a way better movie mm-hmm. than it gets credit for. Yes. In fact, much better than a handful of the actual flagship Star Wars movies that have came. Yeah, it got like swallowed up amongst all of that. And if it had, I think it, if it had gotten its Christmas, because I know Disney decided to put Mary Poppins Returns there instead, if it had gotten that Christmas where the Christmas of 2017 we had Last Jedi and then the Christmas of 18 we had Solo, it would have gotten its own bubble yes. time away from last jedi would have gotten time to breathe and be its own thing and it really fell victim of how much people love harrison ford as han solo Mm -hmm. and so a lot of people just had a chip on their shoulder but you give that kid 30 minutes and you start to think that is young han solo he did he did the homework he really really did a good job so i've got lando at seven uh Lando Corizion will return in a brand new event series for Disney+. Plus. Uh, Justin Simon, creator of the critically acclaimed Dear White People, is developing the story. That's another red, red flag for mm-hmm. me. I tried to watch Dear White People because I read the description. I saw mm-hmm. what it was and go, this looks like it'll be interesting. Couldn't get past the pilot episode. Oh, okay. And by the way, I happen to be a white person. <laughs> so I was like, this was made for me. And I couldn't get to the end of it. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, and um, I know them. I know like Kathleen putting that into like, you know, that's it's supposed to trigger like, oh, this is an acclaimed show, and yeah. But yeah, now you're thinking of, or how is he going to portray this character, or what he's he specifically going to bring to the table? She mentioned that he's a huge fan, which is always a plus, sure, when you get someone that loves the content as well. Um, but yeah, I had I had Lando not super high. I was on the lower. It's it's my number six, and also based off of yours, they didn't say Donald, so I'm like, mm, you know. And they didn't say uh, Billy D either. Like, right, could go either way. Could go either way. Yeah. So I was like, and I'm sure they're still in talks. Like you know, contracts, agents, money. Fine. I mean, it's so crazy that he's such an artist. Because let's not even forget that Childish Gambino mm-hmm. is like a legit career. Yes, I mean that is full on. Like this is America is one of the best hip hop mm-hmm. songs, pop songs of the last decade. And the video it's is nuts. phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, phenomenal. a real piece of artwork. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if he just wanted to be Childish Gambino and just only, yeah. only, and just forget what, you know, he inherited from his father, 
that's a whole career right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he him headlining at Coachella like a year or so ago. Yeah. I mean, obviously I didn't go because I'm not that person, <laughs> but I did watch the live stream at home, and mm-hmm. Beth and I were just like, this is a phenomenal. Yeah. Pheno- and I love that he's got a little bit of a belly and doesn't feel like he needs to wear yeah. a shirt. <laughs> no harm, no foul. <laughs> so this is a an amazing actor. And, you know, if they could... Because there's a lot of diversity in here. There's mm-hmm. a couple of female directors. If they could do this and have him in there and have a black director and really, like, diversify this part of Star Wars, which yes. wasn't a diverse story in the 70s. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty far away. Um, somehow way more British than ethnic. <laughs> but this show could, it has the DNA yeah. to be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But if it's some other young guy who's going to take a swing at it, I, I will show up and I'll give it a shot yeah. because I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, but Solo did win me over. over. So where do you have Lando at? I put Lando. Lando is my number six because I'm waiting. We're right there. Yeah, we're right there. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for that. Um, he did such a great job with the young version of that character oh. that I, the moment that came on the screen, I immediately went to, oh, my God, to see now the adventures of this young Lando. I know. And with her not confirming it, I was like, uh, you know, so now we're going to challenge the Bobs to spend the money to get. <laughs> you hear us, Bobs? <laughs> we know you got 84 million subs. You, you got a little bit of Glover money in right? there. I was like, how much money are they putting towards new content? You need to. Shave a chip of that off and give it to Donald Glover. Now, I don't know what you have for number one. Okay. But I could tell you with confidence, mm-hmm. if Glover was in this, I'm a little suspect about the director. Okay. But if Glover's in here because he's such a talent and I know that he would never let somebody misdirect him. Yes. Because his show and his music yeah. career, like he's got a vision. He's got a hand in all of his stuff. Yeah. I, could, I could take this straight to the home. Right. I could take it straight to number one. <laughs> I could go straight to one. What about you? I, yeah, confirming him would have been for sure higher. I like the premise um, and seeing, like seeing him in that movie almost made me think of like I would love just his own movie one or a Disney Plus series of that or a TV show like the time with him on screen just interacting or even that part of you remember in Solo when he's sitting in the the Falcon and they all went in to do the mission on the Spice Planet without him on Kessel and he's like talking into his own like his video recorder about yeah. like his life story I'm like yeah. where's that movie? <laughs> the Lando Chronicles and I mean too this is also a way where we'd probably see the origins of the Falcon Yes. And it would and, and that would be a familiar friend to see. So, you know, anything if you can give me any sort of background story on the characters that we pretended that we were in the backyard mm-hmm. in the early eighties, you've already got my nostalgia. You're sold. Now take my money. <laughs> okay. Open challenge, Bobs. Get <laughs> come him. on, Bobs. This is, come on over, cough it up, get out the checkbook. Okay, number six, Rogue Squadron. Uh feature film which will be called Rogue Squadron, directed by Patty Jenkins, who did Wonder Woman. Um, the first Wonder Woman, if I'm being serious, mm-hmm. eh, it just, it was a fine movie. Like, visually, she did a really good job mm-hmm. with it. It just, somewhere in there, the story wasn't real compelling. Um, I also just wish, I shouldn't even say this out loud, but I just, <laughs> I wish Wonder Woman just wasn't so thin and, like, runway shaped so you're imagining you're you're thinking of comic book like beefy linda carter yeah back in the day or you know um the 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 shock trooper that we have oh cara dune yeah mandalorian Mm -hmm. i mean you know just like stocky yeah just something that doesn't look like a perfect 10 Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and and there's nothing wrong with being a perfect 10 but in my estimation if it's to like be an amazing like female hero Mm -hmm. and i just feel like it should be a little bit more like well-rounded so any young girl could see themselves in that character versus mm. like well i guess life is truly spectacular if you're gorgeous yeah um so that would just be my thing i mean even i mean not putting shade in captain marvel but it just felt more real mm-hmm. you know what i mean like kind of like girl next door embraces these powers mm-hmm. versus like Gab Gadal, or however you say her name, mm-hmm. is one of the most gorgeous ladies yeah. of all time. <laughs> I'm married to a Greek lady, I'll say that. Um, but so that was a, like a little bit shocking, but that's, I shouldn't even say that because that just puts something weird in there. But I just didn't 
feel like Wonder Woman was at the same level as like a Dark Knight okay. or an Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just it just didn't have the comedy wasn't funny enough, the grit wasn't gritty enough, and the action wasn't actiony enough. Actiony enough, you know. And like <laughs> I just, but then again, DC really hasn't hit a home run with me. Yeah. Um, since since the Batman's since the Batman's and those are really Christopher Nolan films. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not part of the the overall big thing they're trying to build. So it has its own thing. However, did you watch that little teaser they showed oh of the gosh, director? Yes, that yeah. that got me buzzing mm-hmm. because I even though I do have some criticism with the movie, I am stoked for her to break all the barriers that she's broke. I yeah. just I always have to just be honest and be like, I'm cool with that societal part of it. I just didn't like the finished product because mm-hmm. I got to keep it real. But this new one will be all about um, it'll be all about starfighter pilots. Yes. And her father was mm-hmm. a, a fighter jet pilot who unfortunately died in service, servicing his country. And so it's sort of been her life's mission to make something about fighter pilots. Yeah. She's also a lifelong Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. So putting these two together, Christmas 2023, we will see. Um, I feel very optimistic about this. Yeah. But when I hear Rogue Squadron and a bunch of fly boys, like I, I wasn't a huge Top Gun fan. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of hate that whole like, well, we'll see it out in the airfield. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hey, calm down, man. Save it for when we get up in the sky. Yeah, you know, I'll see like, you up there. Yeah. <laughs> like, keep up. Cool out, ice. Yeah, keep, <laughs> that's a perfect one-liner. So just like that, this like if it was her mm-hmm. and they were giving her like a Leia origin story, I'm like, got it. Oh. You're down. Let's do it. But I, I can also understand where, I, hey, I'm a female director. I don't always have to tell stories of other women. Mm-hmm. So I, I get where it's all going. I just, if I'm being honest, like Wonder Woman, not one of my favorite superhero films. Got it. So I'm a little, but I, hey, Wonder Woman 1984 looks sick. Mm-hmm. I'll be watching it day of on HBO Max. There you go. So she hasn't lost me. I just thought it could be better. Good another Christmas present for you. I'll take it. <laughs> So where do you have Rogue Squadron? So Rogue Squadron, I put that high on my list. So that's number two. Number two. Mm-hmm. Now tell me what I'm not seeing here. So for me, and this is this is uh, like, and I'm I'm assuming people. I grew up reading not only the Rogue Squadron books, but also I had the video game on Nintendo 64. So this is like, see, I'm I I didn't even know mm-hmm. that existed. I'm I'm not in there. <laughs> this this was like when they announced that I was like, oh, like because you it's like you it, it made me imagine. And the other thing that intrigued me was the what era, because they didn't specify what time this takes sure, place. Sure, sure. Because you could, I don't know how they would do it, but if you count Rogue Squadron in between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, that's when Luke and Wedge were running Rogue Squadron. But if they're creating a new Rogue Squadron based on the legendary crew that ran during the original movies, but like a, a future time period, um, the that whole fighter pilot thing, like when they showed her talking and then she put on that helmet and walked to the X-ray, I literally like... Contact buzz. Oh, it body. was so like I was like, "What is this?" I was like, "What's well, she talking?" I hate rollerblading. I'm like, "What?" She, she was on a pair of rollerblades, and she's like, "Then in the back of her, I'm like, all right, we got the same car. I'm cool." Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, puts on the helmet, and you're like, "What?" She puts on the helmet, and then she has an orange jumpsuit on, and she's like walking out to the X wing. I'm like, "Hey, hey." <laughs> it is interesting though, how much the movie is already about her. Mm. That is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And hey, she's broke a lot of boundaries, so more power to her. Yeah. Um, I, I want this to be good. It's yes. just, I have that flyboy thing. Yeah. I'm curious about it and um, about the you know the type of characters. I know I'm I'm happy because I know that it'll be a diverse. So they'll have some. That was my one of my biggest things about Star Wars is in the original trilogy they never had female pilots. No. Which like I was like, are you kidding me? Like, of, you know, everybody, everybody knows women can't fly. <laughs> And then they did a better job of that in the newer films, making female pilots. Um, and I got even more mad because they had deleted scenes in Return of the Jedi that didn't make the final cut, but they were female pilots in the deleted scenes that they cut out. Couldn't you just wedge it in? <laughs> I know. What, what's one more? Like two seconds of someone in a cockpit. It was really great, though, even though the newer films I'm not a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. The, the, the diversity was, like, spot yeah. on. And, you know, after the, the first movie i you know kylo ren to me is the best newest character Mm -hmm. but after the end of the force awakens 
I did really, really like um, John Bodega's character. Mm-hmm. I liked him a lot because he was the one that went really on an adventure, right? So I was yeah. a big Finn guy. And I was also pumped because I remember kids in my neighborhood just like didn't really, after the first movie, they didn't have anybody to like visualize, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, you're going to be Darth Vader. <laughs> Why? Because? Uh, so I like that. But then that character just kind of was lost yeah. in the second two movies. And I know that mm-hmm. he's got a real yeah, he bone to pick a, about that. And it, rightfully so, like, uh, you know, you kind of being sold one thing at the beginning and yeah. then having it be different directors, different stories, then you kind of get into the whole thing where he's like, I thought this was going to be one thing and it's not. So I don't blame him. You know, and they sold him on the posters and the the, the promotional material as, you know, we thought he was going to be the Jedi character. I thought he was the new Luke. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they switched. <laughs> no, he was. <laughs> they switched it on us. But... I love how two people can see the same thing and see it very differently. Because mm-hmm. there were some of us, when we saw that new glossy HD Stormtrooper helmet come off yes. and see a black Stormtrooper, mm-hmm. you're like, that is so awesome. <laughs> Sign me up. And then there's other people like, whoa, 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 whoa. What, what, are you crazy? <laughs> I was like, for all you know, they're all black. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what if? What if? What if? Every single one so of them. So here's the thing. We did have a lot of black actors in the first three films. <laughs> they're just wearing helmets, dummy. You never know. But- you know, that's one of those moments where I was like, oh my God, they're just taking the whole thing and they're mm-hmm. turning it upside down. And do you remember when you first saw the Force Awakens trailer? Yes. And you saw Star Wars for the first time ever mm-hmm. in true HD mm-hmm. with real world props, no green screen. Like, yeah. I'm flying in space. <laughs> You're standing in a room. It just melted my mind. I still vividly remember when they released that. I remember getting that announcement that Disney bought it. Yep. They were making more. And then the announcement of that film and specifically that trailer. I remember because it, it was all just straight imagery. Like they didn't, there was no talk, almost no talking it at all. Like Marines, when mm-hmm. the, the gate fold comes down and the stormtroopers are just running out of the back of the ship like Marines. It was the first time I'd ever seen Star Wars look that real. And the X-Wings coasting the water. Yes. Like, oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my so god good. and that once again that's something that wasn't really that big of a part of the movie Mm-mm. like the stormtroopers like knee high in the water with the palm trees behind them yeah. the billboard that was all over LA yeah. you went and saw the movie like where's that at <laughs> but they definitely they knew the icon the, the iconography of yes. like yes we're showing you stormtroopers x-wings and that's the trailer the teaser where the falcon does the big flip at the end yeah and the tie fighters like they are specifically selling us like we don't even know what the movie's about but we're all we're all in right now but the, when you saw the opening of mandalorian mm-hmm. and you saw the rusted stormtrooper helmets mm-hmm. seeing a stormtrooper helmet which is one of the best designed things in oh, the history yeah. of hollywood uh, it just it, it gets you in that zone. It pulls you right back in. You know where you're at. You mm-hmm. know where you're at. So I'm sorry, I cut you off on Rogue Squadron and why you believe that it's a, a number two. That for me is is just my whole thing with like when I was a kid, I, it was either I wanted to be a Jedi or it was going to be a, a, an X wing pilot. Like that was a huge thing. And those scenes and he ended movies, up being a VIP tour guy to Disneyland. <laughs> it went a completely different way. What a failure. <laughs> That those scenes always, especially Rogue One, the the third act of that film uh, with the aerial battle in was filmed so well. Yeah. I got to take it like my hats off to um, uh, what was that director from that? I cannot think of his name right now. Rogue One is my favorite new mm-hmm. film by far. It, I mean, at the end, spoiler, uh, <laughs> just to let everybody die. That's the ending I root for in every movie. Yeah. You know, Christmas story, they all die at the end. Like, I just love when there's actual real stakes and a real loss. And mm-hmm. so I was like, oh my God, what a way to end a movie. And then all of a sudden, they're like, they're going to take us right, right up, yeah. right up to the seam of where New Hope begins. Because. The first couple times you saw New Hope, you're like, this is amazing. But mm-hmm. then you got like a few years older and you go, what's happening before this? Yeah. And to know that whole movement and to see lay- um, Darth Vader's like layer. Mm-hmm. Oh my, give me a, just give me a <laughs> house hunters about that. <laughs> seeing, yeah, seeing, uh, seeing it go right up to that is, is, was nuts. And that the way they shot that last sequence with the, uh, the, 
like the space battle was yeah. so well done. Yeah. The camera angles they chose to use. Like I love, I love that pilots will be getting a moment now where it'll be their own because they're always like, we need the pilots for the third act and that's it. You know, the right, big battle right. at the end. But seeing like how, and I'm hoping that she does it service because I would, I like you, I do not want it to be a Top Gun thing. I want it to be like I imagine there'll be one cocky guy, one cocky girl, you know, because yeah. I feel like that's always necessary for like the fly boy, fly girl type thing. Yeah, don't get cocky, kid. <laughs> yeah, the Han Solo, the Poe Dameron character. But go right into <laughs> the Phantom Zone. <laughs> Hope they don't fly through some of those mirrors that go into the alternate universe. <laughs> uh, that would be sad. No, I mean, he, there's a, there's definitely some really solid pieces here yeah and what i love most about this christmas 23 yep i love having new star wars around christmas i don't know why it goes together so well maybe it's just because holidays christmas is nostalgia Mm -hmm. star wars is nostalgia Mm -hmm. disneyland is nostalgia like anything that is already in your heart during the holidays you love it even more um love you philander (laughs) (laughs) it was made for so long and now they've got us like on that like that high for christmas time now it fits Mm -hmm. so well and i know originally was just like to get it out yeah but they're like oh maybe this is a good thing we're we're comfortable right here (laughs) well and two like you know you get together with like i remember i got together with the family and i Mm -hmm. like took my nephew to go see it like it just it's a good good family thing okay moving up i have number five Rangers of the New Republic. That's my number five. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> now, I'll tell you why I have this one where it's at. It's set within the timeline of The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. It's a live action series. That's a big plus. But this is what I love seeing. Executive producers, John Favreau and Dave Filoni. There you go. I believe uh, John Favreau will be the Kevin Feige. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm a little bit too redneck to get it out properly. <laughs> I believe that if he takes that position Mm -hmm. then star wars is in a we're set great spot (laughs) because mandalorian has done nothing but make me happy Mm -hmm. so this will intersect with future stories and culminate into a climatic story event Mm -hmm. so this is going to be probably characters that breeze in through mandalorian yes there's something that happens in their own series they take care of this you might see a mandalorian pop up over there i love the idea of saying what Marvel did with films, mm-hmm. can we do that with live action series? Yes. So that all of a sudden you're like, I know that it says Rangers of the New Republic, but Mando has been in the last three episodes. Yep. Like basically one of those Captain America movies is the other Avengers mm-hmm. film. There's so many of them in there. Yeah, that's right. Civil War was like, this is like Avengers 2.5. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And just <laughs> fantastic. Mm-hmm. When they're at LAX running at each other, <laughs> yes. I love it. <laughs> But I, I see in those two mm-hmm. associated to a project and also knowing that it's in the Mandator- Mandalorian timeline. Yeah. Those are wins for me. That's what sold it for me, too. Because, you know, my favorite film is Rogue One. Mm-hmm. But my favorite modern project at all is Mandalorian. Mandalorian. And I mean by leaps and bounds. I'm in love with Mandalorian. I like the other stuff. Yeah. Like seeing that them, the two of them getting something else to do alongside you know, work on the next season of Mandalorian is fantastic. And then seeing how that, that, that part you said at the very end about the, the intersecting and culminating, that yeah. gets me excited for possibilities of this interconnected universe because we have fallen in love with how Marvel like swept us away for a decade on just this massive interconnected story for them to just start kind of doing that, doing that and hinting at that. That makes my mind like start thinking like, Oh, we've seen a couple episodes of Rangers and then, What's that? Oh, Mandalorians in this episode randomly. Like, we'll all flip out if he just happens to show up. Like, or even you know some of the other side characters mm-hmm. that because I mean, if the sheriff uh, Timothy Olfant from I was right from yeah, the first episode. Like, if he pop, you know, what I mean, like <laughs> because they don't really as long as it's not Amy Sedaris or whatever, I'm cool with it. Uh, but we <laughs> should talk about that later. <laughs> but I, there's so many characters that they just sprinkle about that. That's becoming a whole fleshed out world. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you what Mandalorian's done that the last three films were unsuccessful with, mm-hmm. creating lots of new characters that you feel attached to and that That's you love. That's true. Yeah. And that was a big problem on the movies because it's so many bits and pieces going every which yes. way. And they just got really lucky that Luke, Leia, and, and Solo, and mm-hmm. Chewie, and Darth Vader, like it was a smaller cast and you didn't know anything else and you yeah, just fell in love yeah. with them all. Mm-hmm. Okay, going up, my number four... I have Andor. 
Okay. Which is going to be the tense, nail-biting spy thriller created by Tony Gilroy. Uh, it's set to arrive in Disney Plus 2022. Be here before you know it. As Diego Luna uh, reprising his role of the rebel spy Kazian Andor from Rogue One. And the production kicked off three weeks ago in London. So I have this above number five mm-hmm. because it's real. Yeah. There's, and I saw filming. a trailer. <laughs> I, I saw him on set. I saw him it's doing happening. it. And because <laughs> number five could be like, oh, Favreau signed on to do a movie. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like Favreau's a feral cat, and it's going to be hard to yeah, keep hard to him. Keep him there. But he also he's older now, and it's like it's Star Wars. Like, if I can just get a cush job, yeah, holding the reins of Star mm-hmm. Wars for Disney, like until I'm like done altogether. Yeah, I'm good. I mean, yeah. like that's a. Like, you don't have to go fly someplace. You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. could do it all from here. Mm-hmm. And he's a family man. Like, I don't know. It seems like a good gig. But uh, once again, this is going into a world that I love. Yes. Love the Rogue One timeline. I thought Cassian um, uh, was a really great character. Mm-hmm. And I like that part of it. So I'm all in. I and or like I love that that character of Diego Luna. The only reason I didn't put this one higher is because I, I I think it's maybe it's because it was announced prior and I knew a little bit about it. Um, and I want to see more. Like I uh, I think I want them to dig into like more of what he's going to be doing because it's like very vague, like the spy thriller. I am pumped for it, um, and I really want to see. Hopefully, because did they mention that um, uh, what's his name is doing K two S O again? No, no, no! I didn't see that in there because that was a that's thing a I was great like, character. Yeah, that was that was the part that made me that it made me drop. It's like, oh, are they gonna? Because we know that they meet up at some point and they right. change him to where he works with the rebels. I was like, is he not gonna be in it like that? When they first announced that show, I was like, oh my gosh, we're gonna see episodes of the two of them like first getting out or first getting started. So that was the thing that put it a little lower for me. But the concept of it, I'm there. Like that kind of dark time in the rebellion when. They're just like just trying to figure things out. It's right. not really set before, you know, the events of Rogue One. It's like One. a rough idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, where did you have this on your list? Because he wasn't listed, I put it at seven. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But still in the middle. But yeah, I I am ready for that. I love that Mon Mothma's coming back because that, that is a character that is really central to that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love Diego Luna coming. I also, God, he was so excited in that, that, that footage because- oh. Um, he's like, well, they killed my guy, so like, uh, I'm kind of done here. for me. And, he's, and they called him, and he probably did a backflip. He's like, we want to use you again. What's the name of the droid again from that from Rogue One? Oh, K2SO. Mm-hmm. Like, such a great character mm-hmm. that when that character art, you know, came to an end in the movie, you're like, damn. Yeah. That's, you're a droid, <laughs> that's a droid I could fall in love with. Yeah, you're like, ugh. Like, they had, to, they had to take him out, huh? Number three, I have the, help me out here, is it the Occulty? O- the acolyte, I- mm-hmm. acolyte, <laughs> the occulty, the acolyte. Get mm-hmm. out of here! My reading comprehension is horrible. All right, so we have a another female directed uh, piece. It's from Leslie uh, Headland. She's an Emmy Award nominated creator of the mind blowing series Russian Doll. Mm-hmm. Russian Doll is <laughs> phenomenal. Okay, I don't know if you've seen that. I haven't. Oh man, it, watch it with the wife. You'll get it done in a weekend. Okay, really, really fun. A lot of like hooks to it like it it you'll see it and you'll think oh I've, i know this storyline you don't know where this one's gonna go <laughs> uh it's a mystery thriller that will take the audience into a galaxy of shadowy secrets emerging dark sides of the powers and this is the thing that i love most the final days of the high republic era yes. i want to go where you haven't been yet way back mm-hmm. we'll go way 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 back mm-hmm. that's what i was excited when those game of Thrones geeks were getting a series mm-hmm. like i want to go and see that old republic like yep. before everything fell apart um the series that she did russian doll i cannot recommend enough okay um that's got me pumped because that put that made me put it lower because i wasn't familiar with this because i feel like it, like you if i had seen that like how we've had like our differences, like oh, that's a wrinkle I hadn't thought of. If I haven't hadn't seen that because we do this list two weeks from now after I watch Russian Doll, then it's for all I know it's my number one. And see, for me, like Road Squadron just wasn't a thing mm-hmm. for me, yeah, so yeah. I don't have that in my my backpack, uh, my my backpack, my back pocket. But no, this is great. Another female director, which is exciting, mm-hmm. um, and I love the idea of just kind of going into that area. So for me. I don't know how successful this will be, but yeah. as far as like what I'm excited to see is I'm excited to see, okay, 
So it's in the universe, mm-hmm. but it's so far back that it's not really a slave to any yeah. anything that we know, any modern, you know, storylines. Like, well, you can't go that far because yeah, know. it's like open terrain. Uh, the only person that would be around would be Baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's the only person that would be around. So everything it's else, the is, real baby, the real baby, Beth would be like, hold on, hold on. Did you tell me this time it is Baby now Yoda? It's baby Yoda. I've been calling that other one. <laughs> when I told her it wasn't Baby Yoda, she's like. Was it calling it Baby Yoda? <laughs> I'm like, because well, it's like Yoda's like a species. Uh, like, just keep calling him Baby Yoda. It's fine. But if she walked in and saw me, it's like, whoa! So there's another one of those. Like, no, that one's Baby Yoda. She's like, yeah, right. This I've one's heard, really Baby Yoda. I've heard that before. I've heard that before. So where do you have this on your list? So I put it lower only because I was unfamiliar with the source material. So this was down at number ten for me. Oh wow! But now, and the only reason I had it that low one, I haven't seen Russian Doll, and two, I'm. Uh, I'm very curious because they're starting a new book series about the High Republic in that time period, and I want to see how these two link up. I've heard really good reviews about this new books, the because they're starting this new pathway in novels first, mm. and then hearing about the Acolyte is like, oh, okay, they're now going to take it into the uh, occulty. Uh, <laughs> I want to call it. <laughs> what an idiot! Episode one occulty, it's out. Hey man, let me tell you about the occulty. <laughs> it's so cool. It's like Bible times for Star Wars. It's crazy, man. It blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Blew my mind. Blew my mind. Blew man. My mind. It's for the head of lightsabers. <laughs> yeah. So for me, it's just like it's going some. Because when I look at a list of things, what really excites me is the unknown. Yeah, and also just kind of there's these things that you have in your head of like you know when I saw Disney Imagineer, I'm like, yeah, yes, that's something that I want to know mm-hmm. more about, like the thread of how it all comes together. There's just these different things. Like I wish so bad that there was a really good video game where it was a Star Wars video game mm-hmm. where all you do is just fly things. Mm, okay, I don't want a side story. I don't. I just want to literally like just what do you want to fly right now? So, all right, put me in an X-wing. You know what I mean? Put me in a Tie Fighter. Game. That's all I want to do. Just fly. No, it just came out. It's called Squadrons. It's only a piloting game. And I don't have to be a character. Nope. It's all it's all fighter pilot stuff. What platforms? All of them. iOS? I think so, yeah. Which I, <laughs> it's like, let me flick on my little Amazon right now. Episode's yeah. over. <laughs> but yeah, it's called Squadrons. It's it's only a piloting game. That I, is it. That's all I've ever wanted. <laughs> that's, what Rogue, that's what Rogue Squadron was, which is why I'm like, give me Rogue Squadron. But that was for like the Nintendo yeah, Q. Old school, yeah. Right? That was like Nintendo 64 back in like the 90s. Yeah, like yeah. Old school. Um, I was doing something called driving cars and dating girls, Flander. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't think about that. All right, so my number two is Obi-Wan. Of course. Yeah, number two is Obi-Wan. Uh Ewan McGregor coming back is fantastic. Um, you know, a certain Canadian Hayden Christensen coming back. It's like a little icing. Like, we were already, like, ready for this before they announced that. It'll be so interesting to see Hayden Christensen acting with a different director. Mm-hmm. It'll kind of be the ultimate, you know, uh, nail in the coffin on somebody that we won't mention. <laughs> Because the acting was so bad in the, <laughs> in the original trilogy, acting, dialogue, the prequels like, were horrible. Yeah. yeah, so bad. So um, I'm looking forward to this one. It takes uh, ten years after uh, Revenge of the Sith, so it looks like it's going to be sort of like the um, the rematch. You know, like mm-hmm. you'll see. I'm projecting that you will see Obi Wan dealing with you know his his one student failed. He had mm-hmm. to like, you know cut the limbs off of his, you know, little brother. And then you have, you know, Hayden Christensen, Darth Vader on the other end, who's pretty scorned. Yeah. I like the idea of them both being like middle-aged and not being old and shot Mm -hmm. and, you know, worn down. So it'll be interesting because Obi-Wan will be a hardcore outsider at this point. Yeah, it'll be him pretty much on Tatooine, just kind of living that, starting out that hermit life, just keeping an eye on Luke. That was like his only, his only job is to make sure Luke grew up and kept got kept safe and then we'll probably see a lot of him like in regret potentially because of what happened sure. you know, with the order and what you said with Anakin um, and I regret's love, not a good thing when you're in jail. that's true and I remember um, and then bringing back Hayden is really interesting because they could really have anybody in that suit so I'm wondering if we're, are we going to see maybe him without the helmet on and you know all scarred up or something like that or because they could you know they don't even need him technically to do the voice it's like because then you just got a stunt double at that point. So I'm wondering if we're going to get a little time of him like in the tank without the... Yeah. Because they had that really sweet shot in Rogue One where you see him 
you know, and it's kind mm-hmm. of foggy and it wasn't Hayden, but they were putting, they were putting the suit on and he's sitting in there. You're like, Oh, like I want to see a little more of that. Yeah. It was like, remember, I don't know if you played G.I. Joe's, but mm-hmm. like, Cobra Commander. What's on the other <laughs> yes. side of that helmet? Like, yes. it's just so inquisitive, mm-hmm. right? And so seeing a more mobile, younger Darth Vader, like this mm-hmm. is my dream is a like young origin story of Darth Vader. Yeah. Like essentially from no mm-hmm. to Rogue One. Like those younger years when he's just like youthful has his, his Vader that went out and earned was his finding jobs. Jedi on his own. Yeah. yeah like yeah. The hunting down the last few by himself. Just yeah. not like when he was like middle management and not like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the executive, like just really out there hungry for the revenge. Enforcer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would, that's the Vader that I've been wanting to see. sounds like we might get a little bit of this and also uh, directed by Deborah Chow, who did the first, um, uh, she did uh, episode three in Mandalorian season one, mm-hmm. which was the sin, and episode seven, which was the reckoning. Our third female director, which is great to see. And those were excellent episodes. <laughs> I mean, maybe two of the best, right? Yes, they were so good. So, this project is in really good hands. I have it at two. Where do you have it at? I put it at three. Three. So yeah, we're right. We're right there. I thought for sure that was going to be your number one, <laughs> and then my number one is Ahsoka. That's my number one. Yeah. 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 Just. That's a big one. I'm so excited for people to finally see this character. She has lived besides people that have even attempted the Clone Wars in such obscurity because the Clone Wars had been saddled for so long as the kids Star Wars or they saw the Clone Wars movie. And to be fair, that character at the very beginning was incredibly annoying, but that was done on purpose from um, George and uh, Dave Filoni because it was supposed to see her growth. She started out as this little snot-nosed, you know, jerk like teenager kid that of course you would like no one's gonna like this kid but it was seeing her growth over seven seasons and now into how rosario played her was the whole thing and now getting to see her in this light like i remember posting online if you enjoyed this brief moment in time with this character mandalorian i implore you to go back and watch her growth you know even like i got a chill watching when she told mandalorian i can't train him because he has too much attachment and her thinking about how what happened to Anakin right. and I was like oh that gave me like such a chill like her her like you knowing her story you know now I'm gonna try to dig myself out of my Wonder Woman hole that I put okay. <laughs> because even though Rosario Dawson is absolutely gorgeous mm-hmm. she's not like Gab Gadot right? yeah she's not like uh, could be a supermodel and in this character with the way that the mask and the makeup and mm-hmm. the chisel to the face this is a superhero that any little girl can see yeah. herself in mm-hmm. it because it's so far-fetched and it's not sort of this glamorized like supermodel thing anyone can see themselves in this character mm-hmm. i'm not overly familiar with this character because mm-hmm. i haven't seen the yes. animated parts that she's in but once again we see the powerhouse of dave filoni and john favreau mm-hmm. so that makes me excited You're like good hands i love the little bit that i saw in mandalorian mm-hmm. i know that she's a very comparable actress been following her along since i believe kids which is one yeah. of the first movies mm-hmm. that she was in kids and then uh, clerics right yeah one well, mm-hmm. a couple of wild movies <laughs> <laughs> i went and watched kids and i'm like what the hell did i just see <laughs> what am i looking at? i kind of hate being young now <laughs> so i i feel like this is a Solid character, solid story, mm-hmm. that production team. But there's one thing that's missing here. Is this a movie? Is this a series? I think they said it was a series. Okay. Yeah. They didn't say if it was a continuation series or just like a limited, like, you know, like Obi-Wan Kenobi, six episodes, eight episodes, and it's done. She had leaked on a talk show that she signed a very long oh. and lucrative career with Disney+. Plus. So this might be a Mandalorian-type follow-up. Okay. All right. But the fact that she exists mm-hmm. in the Mandalorian time period the fact that we also have um uh rangers of the new republic mm-hmm. right so we're getting into this area where that's now three series that can overlap one overlap another with each other so the cinematic like multiverse television mm-hmm. level i like this and i'm managing that that last sentence you read about the culminating and i'm thinking of now we have on screen the mandalorian ahsoka and these rangers all together my mind yeah. is like well, you know they're going to use her show and Mandalorian show to pump these characters that we don't know. Yes. So that's like a given. Mm-hmm. And we've already seen her with Mandalorian, so they have a relationship. Like, when they were, like, fighting and going to the like, yo, I'm just here. I'm here for something different. I'm not here to fight you right now. 
But I, I think that it's just a character that I only know a little bit about, but I know that I could fall in love with. Yes. Um, and I wouldn't even say you'd have to go all the way back, but she, her time with Anakin, because I remember when they first announced, they're like, oh, Anakin Skywalker, he had, he had a student. And we're like, what? No way. Like, when did that happen? And they wove her so expertly into that. I was, it's like shocking, you know, and it adds so much more, you know, so much more strength to the Anakin character, knowing that they gave him a student and they probably shouldn't have, have done that because that's part of his biggest downfall is his attachment you know and giving him another so clingy Vader uh-huh. <laughs> such a clingy was that a uh, stage level stage stage three clinger yeah stage synth clinger <laughs> <laughs> hey future looks bright man I I this this is like God, and you'll you'll understand this too, because while I didn't I didn't get a chance to see the originals in the in the movie theater. Oh, I did. Oh, jealous, absolutely jealous. I when I was very young, mm-hmm. uh, my family was going through a very rough time. Mm-hmm. One of the good memories I have of my mom is we went to the drive-in almost four or five nights a week. Oh, we'd go <sighs> see Star Wars. And then we would take our tickets, and then the next morning we had a bulletin board in our kitchen, and we would pin oh. them up. And the whole bulletin board was full of our ticket stubs from seeing Star That's Wars. so cool. And then when Empire came around, she was no longer actively mm-hmm. in my life, and she just showed up out of nowhere and took me to see Empire. Oh, okay. And then she disappeared again. And then when Jedi came out, she came and got me and saw Jedi, and mm-hmm. then I wouldn't see her for like 12 years. So These very specific like good memories. She took me mm-hmm. to see all of those and took me to see E.T. So uh, don't know a lot about the lady, but she knows her films. <laughs> She's like, I need to see this. Oh, and the best thing ever, I went and saw Kiss <laughs> yes. in 1979. That's perfect. Yeah. So kind of a wild mom. But for me... Star Wars is such a huge part of my life. Yeah. And and it's a huge it's one of the good memories I have about somebody that should be very important to me that's mm-hmm. been very heartbreaking to me. That yeah. and also took me to Walt Disney World. That's right. Yeah. I mean just <laughs> knocked out all the hits. I'm like, "All right, I'm out of here. My job's done. I've given you a lot of stuff to love for the rest of your life, but I got to go elsewhere." And you're done. Stars burned out. I grew up in the 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 dark times after the movies had finished when there was no like i you know i grew up and my dad said no he only made three this is it you know so i was like i clung to those vhs that my dad had and burnt them into like there are spots where it would warp for me rewinding it so many times so uh, you know it's funny we almost in this sense watched star wars disappear and come back multiple times because we grew up oh it was the original three it's done then george is like we're making another three and now i'm done and then Disney buys it. Oh, we're making another three. And then now we have this like stream of like all these new projects. We're and- so spoiled. I love it. <laughs> so spoiled. I love it. The only problem is I didn't see anything that said 21 next to it. That's true. That's the only thing. But hey, WandaVision in January. Mm-hmm. And if you folks did enjoy today's conversation, let us know. And we'll do the same thing with all the various oh. Marvel projects that are on the horizon. I'm going to do that with you. I don't even care anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so it's up to you if we hit record or not. Real quick, Philander. You got to say it as fast as I ask it. All right. Favorite scene, New Hope. And a New Hope? Yep. Um, uh, Attack on the Death Star. What? You said favorite scene, a New Hope? Yeah. Death Star attack at the end. At the end. Yeah. Uh, Mine is If You Strike Me Down. Oh, so good. I love that scene. Favorite in Empire? Uh, Vader, Luke Duel. It, cliche, but I love you. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I mean, just the best scene in the movie. Uh, honorable mention. Yeah. Um, Han Solo, the asteroid run, escaping from the Empire. Oh yeah. 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 Could that it, music, like Jedi. Jedi. Um, the the expert. Oh, the expert editing of the uh, the ship fight at the, in the in the air, the Ewok battle on the ground, and then Luke and Vader. Just it, that third act. I'm a simple man. I'm a simple man. <laughs> Slave Leia. <laughs> <laughs> or what I really like. I know what you're talking about. Where it's just like the battles. Like it's, you're cutting so like yeah. You don't spend one t- too much time with one. You're you're checking in on all these things happening at one time together. And it all worked out because Solo fooled somebody at the elevator door. Uh, <laughs> That's right. I it's love Commander. <laughs> as a kid, I loved love love the speeder bikes. I knew. I had a feeling you were gonna I say. Just 
just that. loved it. And the sound effects, like yeah, mm-hmm. and the fact that Galaxy's Edge when it rains, the they bring out the Leo Poncho. They have the the, the on indoor <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, rain slicker. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this episode. We will be back next Wednesday for our final Disneyland for Designers of the Year, where Philander and I and a special guest look over all the various Disney Parks projects that have been working on in twenty one. Or no, in 20. But we're going to look forward to 21 Mm -hmm. because we're ready to get into 21. New projects. I love it. We're so ready to get into 21. Disney's already got the 21 merch (laughs) out. (laughs) Target practice has been postponed until further notice.